Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This, this is the American Family Farmer. I'm your host and an American Family Farmer, Doug Steffen. This podcast made possible in part by Calitrin, the safe way to lose weight, Prevagen, keeping your brain healthy, and my pillow, guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Something that really drives me nuts is seeing things in the news today. For example, this week, the New York Times has been running a series of articles on cattle and how bad they are for everything, because, of course, New York Times is smarter than everybody else. Uh, They know more, and they're happy to tell you. It used to be uh, that the slogan, all the news that's fit to print, was accurate. Now, all uh, the innuendo and suggestion and uh, badgering that's fit to print, they're happy to do it. So they're carrying a story about a fellow named Randy Shields, uh, who has 46,000 animals in a a huge farm or ranch. Uh, They're called cactus feeders. Uh, It's really something uh, that the the focus isn't on what they're eating, it's on what's coming out of the other end of them. Um, Mr. Shields, who owns the farm or the ranch in Happy, Texas, says, I get 47,000 fermentation vets all the time. Now, so fermentation is what goes through The cows have four stomachs, and they produce a lot of things, including methane gas. Now, then the New York Times article veers off to tell you about how potent this gas is in terms of warming uh, warming up the planet. Yeah, and it's sort of a warning, I guess. Uh, The cattle are belching into the air and farting. And so uh, the New York Times then adds... It's math, 95 million cattle in our country, uh, 29,000 are slaughtered every year in feedlots, so the methane is going up, up, up. Uh, So they're, of course, uh, here with the research information that suggests that we ought not to eat. We need to change our diet. Stop eating meat because it's ruining the planet, ruining our air. Now, you can look at this a number of different ways. 
I do not eat meat, frankly. I haven't eaten meat for uh, 40 years. The cows are my friends. I've been around cows all my life, and I don't eat my friends. And I've seen how chicken are slaughtered, and I'm not interested in eating that either. But that's just me. You do what you want to do. Uh, but what I am concerned about is the BS that comes out of stories like this. And what what really happens is we don't weigh properly the real story, what the real impact is of these animals. So I suggest to people who are new to the farm that they follow my cows around the pasture and watch them drop some poop and then go back the next day and see around that uh, puddle of poop a green extension, green, the grass is much greener around it, and it stretches out for a foot or so beyond where the pile of poop is. And that's because in the fermentation or in the digestion, the digestive process in the cow, there are microbes that are developed, and when the cow poops, those microbes come out and they enhance the value of the soil. Thus, cow manure and other manures, pig manure, chicken manure especially, do great things to enhance the value. The It's almost like a legume for the soil. Because the soil, frankly, you know it and I know it because you sense it. You've seen the the depletion and the value of what you can get off your land because we keep doing the same thing. We're planting the same crops. We don't give the fields rest. We use fertilizer that's chemical and it eats away at the value of the land. It helps grow the product, but it takes away from the soil. So we need this manure in order to enhance the value of the soil. And, uh, but that, that's lost. That, that fact is lost on the New York Times in this article. And it's you know, all about, okay, we've got to fight carbon dioxide. We've got to fight these farmers. We've got to do what we have to do. We're going to go protest. The Department of Agriculture is studying beef emissions, and they're not telling us the truth, and yada, 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 yada. So... There's always a plus and a minus. And remember uh, that uh, we are, uh, when it comes to uh, greenhouse gases, we produce almost as much as China does. China is the most prolific producer. We're number two. And the reason for that isn't what these guys are doing. I mean, you can go to uh, any of these uh, sites, you go to even to Cargill, and they'll, you know, they go through some of this information I'm not a fan of Cargill's, but I am a fan of you knowing what really is going on. And so that's why I tell you the story, uh, this story about the story that's in the New York Times. But it's been repeated all over the place. There has been a group of people, you know, the, the um, I don't want to be negative, uh, but there's, there's a group of people. It's almost like a religion, you know, because the environment has climate change has become a religion. And thus, anybody is doing anything that some of these people think is bad for the planet, uh, we're going to go after them. But there's always good with bad, and that's why I tell you, look where the cow poop is. If you're a farmer, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but if you aren't, you go visit a dairy farm or a farm where cattle are, look around, at the, if it's not a feedlot, if it's a natural, if it's a natural uh, uh, farm, that's growing the animals naturally, then you'll see it out in the pasture. If they're a feedlot, you're not going to see it. All right, let's, uh, we're going to move ahead in a moment or two, and we're going to uh, bring you into the world of science. Maybe I'll ask uh, Morgan Irons uh, uh, what's going on uh, with cows and how they're affecting the planet. Right now, I want to find out how you are being affected by your weight, and have you given serious consideration 
to getting you and your family onto some kind of protocol that's good for all of you. That is losing weight, keeping your weight where it is. This time of year, we've had a busy season. We're all in pretty good shape, but then you go through the wintertime, you don't stay in such good shape. So maybe you get a leg up. Plus the fact we went to Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and parties and stuff. They may be different this year than they have been, but we all know we'll be eating more and exercising and moving less. So thus, the idea that Calitrin presents, take our product consistently every day and stay in touch with the personal consultant that you can get at Calitrin and you will find success. Go to toploss.com. They're going to tell you about their weight loss formula, which has no stimulants, no drugs. It's completely all natural. How it works to rebuild your body. Uh, this is something more than I can tell you in 60 seconds, but I can tell you that it works and it's guaranteed to work your money back. 86% success record. Pretty cool. Toploss.com is the website for Calitrin. And when you're checking out, make sure you use the discount code DJV. You won't have to pay for shipping. And you get some of their great bargains like buy three and get three free. Uh, that's the product. Get You pay for three months of Calitrin, you get six. Or you get some of their other products that are very helpful as well, like the Belly Buster. If you've got a belly, you're losing weight, you still got the belly. This will help you get rid of the fat. All that at toploss.com. Make sure you use the code DJV. It can be difficult to notice that your brain may not be functioning as well as it used to. The signs of aging can be subtle. But now it's easy to do something about it. Help your brain with Prevagen. In a clinical trial, a subgroup of adults with mild, age-related cognitive impairment taking only one Prevagen a day were shown to improve in measures related to memory. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. Statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Doug Steffen here on the American Family Farmer. Uh, the uh, conversation this week is going to point toward the soil that you have on your farm or those of you who are local boys that go visit the farm, do you know what's in the soil? It's sort of coterminous with my discussion a few moments ago regarding cows and methane gas and the difference between what comes out of the front and what comes out of the back and how helpful it may be. So I've gotten into that wheelhouse. So now I have a very interesting twist to explore with you, thanks to Morgan Irons, uh, who is a research would you say, I'll call you a scientist, I could call you a research biologist, also the founder of Deep Space Ecology. How would you, Morgan Irons, describe yourself? Well, I'm a soil scientist and an astroecologist. So I, I currently work on research with, um, and then with the astroecology side, looking at ecology not only in an Earth context, but in a space context as well. So why asteroids and not other planets? Or are you one of the folks who believe, as I do, that we can learn a lot about life by trying to find or grab some of these asteroids that are all around us. Yeah, so the work that I look at is pretty much looking at life in which humans will be present. So this question of space agriculture, how, how will we feed people if they go to the moon or to Mars? Um, as well as if if we have humans visit an asteroid, you you have to think about the food security. How how are people going to feed themselves? One of the things that is uh, very practical to discuss this week, uh, you're probably aware of the uh, the the space 
um, let's see, what is it? I guess I best describe it as a space vehicle that was launched by NASA a couple of years ago to land on an asteroid. So if you go to NASA's website and see Asteroid Mission, you can go there. They're live streaming the landing. It's being piloted by a couple of fellows here on Earth, and it's really amazing. I mean, you think about it. Uh, they targeted an asteroid that nobody could see, but yet they knew it was out there. They set a trajectory, launched from Cape Kennedy, and this rocket has now, as of the last uh, couple of days, landed on the asteroid. And the purpose is to get to collect soil samples or whatever is loose particles of whatever on the asteroid, bring it back so we can figure out if, in fact, life on this planet came from life on other planets. You're probably familiar with this, uh, right, this uh, experiment? Yep, yep. I'm very excited to see what we learn about uh, the geological material that we find on asteroids. Somebody probably said after you were talking about food on Mars, you mean we're not going to do what Matt Damon did on The Martian? Grow our food, food that way? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there is a conversation to be had. <laughs> well, go ahead. Have the conversation because it's kind of fun. I'm sure that entered into people's minds. They listen to this and they think, wait a minute, Matt Damon survived on Mars by using his own poop to grow food. So what's, what's, what's wrong with that, Morgan? Well, I'm sure a lot of listeners know that biosolids are used as a fertilizer here on Earth, and there are some concerns with that, especially when it comes to where these biosolids are coming from. Uh, it can have heavy metals in it, depending on which water treatment facility it comes from. You also have to consider what in the human body is coming out with those biosolids, whether it's medicine that they've been taking any kind of supplements, as well as the kinds of microorganisms. So the microorganisms you find in the human microbiome is not going to be the same as microorganisms you find in the soil microbiome. Mm -hmm. And the soil microbiome is those microorganisms that plants need to survive and keep a healthy soil environment. Are you Professor Morgan Irons? Are you doctor? I know you got your doctorate at Cornell University, and uh, you, I think, started uh, with this whole business of experimenting or thinking about what food could exist elsewhere or how we would feed people if they went to other planets. Is that what your doctorate is in? Believe it or not, I'm still in the process of getting my doctorate. I'm oh, in you the are? I'm year of my PhD program, yeah. All right. Well, you got some work, but you've done a lot of... This is pretty unique, though. I would imagine when you looked around to do a thesis or what to focus on, there weren't a lot of people who were looking into this, right? Yeah, this is this is an area that, believe it or not, with space agriculture has space the space, space agriculture ag. has <laughs> yes <laughs> space ag yep. space ag yes space ag has been thought about for years with some of the earliest mentionings happening in like the 1890s, but really when it comes to talking about sustainability and talking about the environmental science and biology that we need to think about with space agriculture, the way that we're thinking about it is. Well, I think one of the, if I can uh, maybe put all my cards on the table here uh, and you can decide whether you think I'm crazy or not. Um, there is a, I have a, another program that I do. I do actually five different programs every week. And one of them is called Your Hidden Power. And on the Your Hidden Power Show, which you can find at yourhiddenpowershow.com or 
again, where you get your podcast, where you listen to this, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, the, uh, the whole business about what we're doing to our planet along the lines of what you're talking about, how do we save the soil, do we save the air, do we save the planet, or do we just give up and go to another planet? I think that your research probably would bring us all around to understanding that if you're looking at asteroids, because they are the pieces of space of, of other planets that have existed who knows how many billion years ago, they're just going around, floating around in the universe, and we get a hold of some of them, and we can examine what there is on there for biology, right? And take away, who knows? It would seem to me that um, if we are planning on, and there are there are private companies and the government quietly trying to figure out how we get people off of this planet because we are ruining it. Some say as soon as 12 to 15 years, 20 years, we better be unloading some people or there's going to be catastrophe. Whether you think it's that soon or not, it's going to happen. And I think it's happened elsewhere, and I think that's how we came to be. I think that we, as a civilization, came from other the seeds to our civilization, came from other planets, uh, people, however they got here. You know, I think that there's a good argument you can make for that because we're planning on doing the same thing. What about that and how it affects what we do, uh, especially with regard to the asteroids that come into uh, our, uh, that, that come into our, um, that come into our encounterment, if you will. Yeah, so I I tend to want to keep a positive point of view. Um, and, about saving you know, the earth. About, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. Earth, yes. Yeah. Positive thinking. Um, but what, what I, how I think about it is we've been able to do so much here on earth, so much good here on earth. Here on Earth, with research in various uh, areas of medicine, science, telecommunications, as well as Earth observations to help with understanding climate change, changes in our atmosphere, our land usage. So, space plus not only move forward and continue our exploration as the human race, but also as a way for us to give back to the earth and understand the earth better. Because just like Carl Sagan says, that our earth is that pale blue dot in just like this sea of the universe. And it's, it's our home and our, and we don't know how unique our home is because we don't know if there's other planets out there that have life, but we should be working towards doing what we can to help conserve and restore our ecological systems here. Because I can tell you, working uh, with soil science, working to understand how much it would take to create an ecological system from scratch on another planet like Mars or on an asteroid, um, it, it, it takes a lot. And it puts into perspective how important it is for us to do what we can here on Earth while looking at the stars to move forward. Well, one of the things you talked about, soil microbiomes, and uh, the thing I, before you came on, I was talking about uh, the, uh, the story in the New York Times about uh, methane gas from cows. I usually counter that with a focus on what comes out uh, the other end, uh, the benefit of the, uh, the, the microbiology in the poop, 
that greens the grass and contributes to the value of the soil because we're depleting the soil by just using chemical mm -hmm. fertilizers to the nth degree. I think it's horrible. And so when I think of this, but you gave me something else a minute ago to think about, that is what the cows eat. My cows are pasture raised. I don't use chemical fertilizers. They drink from a well water uh, source. Uh, and so I'm thinking though, what could they be ingesting uh, that would affect the poop that they put out and therefore the soil? I, it becomes very intricate. I'd expect someone who's a soil scientist like you to be able to give us some inside insight into what the, uh, what, how we, are we balancing? I think we're balancing. The poop helps the land. Methane maybe doesn't help the air. Is there a best of both worlds here someplace? Yeah, yeah. We we definitely have to consider what when it comes to animals, what we're feeding them, uh, what what chemicals, uh, the nutritional value of what we're feeding them, things like like you said, it comes out the other end. It's going to be there being decomposed and turned over in your soil. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just very important to consider, especially with the soil degradation that's happening here on Earth through intensive agricultural practices, as well as just uh, not just intensive but, agricultural practices, as well as just not keeping in mind uh, what we need to do. One of the things that I think that's paramount here is understanding that we that we're reusing a lot of the soil, reusing a lot of the land because we have too many people to feed. We have to feed all these mouths. Uh, that's another uh, thing as far as the environment and responsibility is concerned. may not be part of this discussion, but it certainly is uh, part of the general discussion of how the planet survives. We'll continue our conversation with Morgan Irons, and I want to really get into this deep space ecology that she's working on and what hope, uh, to put a positive spin on this, what hope that offers us. Uh, to improve the kinds of foods that we're growing and what's available to you as a consumer. I'm right now going to send you to another place as a consumer. It'll help you out a lot. Uh, MyPillow.com is the place right now for the sale of the year. Standard and queen-size pillows that are normally 70 bucks, $25 right now with a code DJV. Same thing with king-size pillows. Normally sell 80 bucks now 30 with the promo code DJV. Hurry, though. This is only going to last. This uh, will last. This sale will last for a few weeks, and then they'll change it up. Matter of fact, don't forget, I've been talking about the new uh, the, the deal on Giza Dream bedsheets as well from MyPillow. These are ultra soft, breathable, very durable. They come with the same 60-day money-back guarantee that the pillows and everything else at MyPillow has. So go to MyPillow.com, make sure you use the promo code DJV to order the sheets. You get two for the price of one. That's right, not two sheets, but two sets of sheets, pillows, the whole deal, a pillowcase, excuse me, uh, for the same price. And then you get this special deal. You're only paying 35% of what the usual retail is for all of the pillows that are available that I described at MyPillow.com, promo code DJV. Morgan Irons here on this week's American Family Farmer as a focus on what we're doing to the planet and how we can, in the future, make things a little bit better or a lot better, hopefully, and 
hopefully we're coming to the realization. Do you think it's an age thing, Morgan? Do you think older farmers, older folks say, you know, I've always done it this way and it works, so I'm going to leave it alone? Or are people of all ages becoming a little more conscious of what we are doing to the soils and the planet and how to change that? I think it's a little bit of both. I feel like with the increase in social media that we have, we're really starting to see how our effect on the environment affects the entire world. So we're seeing that connection, but we're also seeing uh, a disconnect that we have from where where our food comes from, our understanding of what happens in the agricultural industry. Um, so I think there's a little bit of both. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with feeling comfortable with a practice that you've been doing for years, because we've seen that with sustainable practices. If you're doing a sustainable practice, um, that with science, we, we can see why it's sustainable and why it's good for the environment. That can be a good thing. So there's a little bit of both happening in here. Mm -hmm. All right. What direct work are you doing? Give us an insight into, for a couple of minutes that we have left, what uh, the uh, this company, Deep Space Ecology, is doing. What have you actually found and what have you practically put into uh, into reality, into practice? Yeah. So Deep Space Ecology is a company that I founded back in May of 2016 when I was an undergraduate at Duke University. And this company looked to solve the problems of human sustainability and the challenges of food security in the deep spaces of Earth, the Moon, Mars, and beyond, pretty much wherever we may find ourselves. Uh, and with it, our focus is, of course, on food security, understanding uh, how, how humans need access to food, how that affects um, not only their health, but also uh, the social, social and economic side of things. Um, so understanding food security in an Earth context as well as in a space context, and you'd be surprised the crossover that there is between oh, sure. food security on Earth and space. There's actually yeah. a lot of similarities there. Um, as well as looking at... Uh, the agricultural system uh, in different contexts. So the agricultural system in the Horn of Africa is going to be different from food security in an inner city uh, in New York City. Yep, um, sure. So looking at and understanding how, how site-specific uh, food security can be uh, and seeing how we can bring together science and innovative technology, um, as well as looking at things from a systems level to better understand how we can create resilient uh, community independent systems that don't have to rely on politically charged and expensive supply chains, but actually bootstrap a community to be able to support their own food security. It's all about the money. You know that. I mean, you see wildly different yields in uh, various circumstances where maybe they haven't got the spit and polish on the kind of uh, soil science you're talking about, and they still using the crap from Monsanto and Bayer and Dow and DuPont. Uh, so you've got that to overcome. But I think that that works in, if you stick with it on the, for the long haul. And I think you've done, you're going to do that. I can hear that in your voice. Best of luck on your doctorate. And good luck to the company Deep Space Ecology. We'll be watching to see 
what sort of great ideas come out and how well publicized they are. Thank you, Morgan Irons, for being here to tell your story on this week's American Family Farmer. Now, these comments, I find it appalling to understand in terms of this bailout where the money has gone and what political forces are at play here just before the election. It seems as we look deeper and deeper and deeper into this whole business of where the money goes and who gets it. So there were about $24 billion that has been metered out so far. And the farmer bailout has moved $21 billion to red states, where Trump won in the last election, and only slightly over $2 billion to blue states, where he didn't win in the last election. Where, and I'm talking about ag states. I'm not talking about states in general. I'm talking about states that are considered ag states. I find this troubling, annoying, I don't know, uh, whatever it is, whatever word you want to use for this, it's obscenity, that we can use your money, my money, taxpayer money to buy votes. That's really what this is all about, buying votes. And whether you like Trump or you don't like him, you like Biden, you don't like him, that's not the point. This is unethical. It should be illegal when you look at it. It's easy to jump the fence here and do what you want when you're in charge of the purse strings. And and whether I'm talking about ethics, Sonny Perdue in this past week, the the leader, the Secretary of Agriculture, Department of Agriculture, has been uh, investigated or is being investigated uh, for some shady dealings when he was the uh, the ag secretary in Georgia and some of the things that he's been doing, where the money's been going while he's been secretary of the agriculture under the Trump administration. So he's there's no way he's clean, clear through and deodorized too. I think he's been an abomination for farmers, frankly. Another comment that I have focuses on employers and employees wearing face coverings on the farm. Many farmers that I know are working to create a safe working environment. Some have asked questions about where it is appropriate to make employees wear a mask because the science is, even though it's compelling as far as wearing a mask, and but what kind of mask do you wear? And do you say to your, to your employees, you got to wear a mask? Does it reduce the spread of the virus? I think it's increasingly clear that it does, uh, distancing and all that other stuff. Uh, but, you know, to get beyond that discussion, and, you know, it's like everything else, everything's become political. But the fact of the matter here, when it comes to wearing a mask, it protects you, your family, co-workers, and people who come to your farm. I would bet if you're smart, uh, you've got a sign. My, I don't have people now visiting. Matter of fact, because of the virus, I shut my farm down. I don't have visitors coming at all. Now, even though they did it here early on, in the season, I just find it a lot of work. I don't have the people to uh, police it, so I just stopped. Uh, my friend who's got a, a truck farm, a produce farm up the street, having the best year he's ever had, and the people that are coming in are, I haven't, I've been up there four or five times. I usually go up there every other day, and I haven't seen one person on the farm, working on the farm, or coming to visit, to buy, to participate in the events there that wasn't wearing a mask. People just kind of get it. But back to farm employers and employees 
and what you have to tell them. I don't, you know, there's no law, uh, but, and, you know, can you require your employee to wear a face covering? Uh, no, the, you really can't. But uh, I mean, there are guidelines, but a lot of the people that you hire on your farm maybe don't speak English that well, and so you're dealing with that. Uh, but it does, it certainly is clear uh, that during this situation uh, that employees ought to be encouraged to wear personal protective equipment. And uh, can you require it? Uh, yeah, you can. An employer requires employees to do whatever. If you're working for me, then you do what I tell you to do. I mean, that sounds a little high-handed, but right, if you've got employees, they do what you tell them. Their job is to do this, 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 and this. And uh, please do this, this, and this on the job. And one of them can be requirement requirement that you wear a mask. So if you're wondering about whether... Uh, you need to require it. Yes, well, you can require it. Whether you need to or not, that's up to you and how you practice, you know, what are the best practices, your employee uh, best practices. Uh, but if uh, you tell him to wear a mask and he or she refuses, fire him. That's what I do. Uh, that's uh, my thought on a couple of important things here this week. Doug Steffen on the American Family Farmer. This podcast made possible in part by Calitrin, the safe way to lose weight, Prevagen, keeping your brain healthy, and my pillow, guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. This program was edited by Bob K. Sound and Recording. Visit bobksound.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.